here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? It is a beautiful, wonderful start of the new year. At least we're recording this on December 31st. So hopefully you're listening to this in the new year and you are off to a fantastic start of the new year. Bobby, how do you expect 2021 will go for you? Well, I think uh, across most every advertising platform, we saw a shift in the way either advertisers go about their advertising or the way consumers buy. Uh, We had most of the year to sort of at first scramble Mm -hmm. and then learn uh, how to change things if need be or how to improve upon the the increased at-home shopping demand. So 2021, uh, I think, should be smoother overall. Uh, but I also think to expect the increase to continue for the uh, staying at home and shopping. No doubt about it. It's like every year the news is the same. It's like, guess what? Amazon had another record year. And guess what? E-commerce sales are up all over the place uh, on Amazon and off Amazon. Um, so the trend will continue until we have uh, Boston Dynamic robots sending us our uh, packages just running, just walking around, just cities full of Boston Dynamic robots carrying packages. Do you think if uh, in the future when we can buy our own little home butler Boston Dynamics robot, they'll just like piggyback one over to you and drop them off? <laughs> right, exactly. We were talking before the, the call what the New Year's song is about. Auld Lang Syne, may all acquaintance be forgot. Why would you want to forget about your acquaintances uh you know those are lyrics i never bothered to learn even though i've probably heard the song you know over 34 times since i'm 34 years old so i've heard it at least 34 times um i never bothered to learn the lyrics so i couldn't even begin to tell you what that song is about uh i like my acquaintances i don't want to forget about them also i don't even think those are the lyrics i'm saying right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that could be. I don't know. We didn't bother to look it up. But What is an Auld Lang sign? Do you know? If so, please let me know. Uh, I, I think the song wasn't written in English originally. It was... That could be. In a, in a, I'm, I'm picturing uh, maybe some old English, you know, some kind of minstrel singing a song. Or back when they didn't like people as much and they want to forget all their acquaintances. Boom. Big shout out to Bobby for joining us on the show today. Uh, Bobby, one of my definitely top 10 Midwesterners that I know. Uh, So I better be cracking that top five. Yeah. (laughs) Bobby and I have worked together for a very long time. A little bit at AdBadger, a little bit at Search Scientist, uh, PPC for almost as long as me. It's great to have you on the show. 
just recently in a pre-COVID world, uh, I was sitting at a coffee shop and you snuck up behind me. So you surprised us with an Austin trip, which was really fun. That was almost a year ago, shockingly. Uh, February, was it not? It feels like yesterday and also 10 years ago. I know. I'm actually, my koozie is the Print Austin art show that we went to uh, in February. Bobby, what are we talking about today? Well, we are going to get nuggets of information from your brain about new reporting types for display advertising. Uh, and we're excited to learn about what they are. Uh, are they useful? Uh, do you think they will improve over time? And really just getting your two cents on them. Hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple more cents than just two, my friend. Uh, so let's jump into it. Uh, here we go. There's four new reports and let's do it. So for anyone out there who does not know about these, uh, what do you mean when you say advertising reports? Yeah, I think this is a really good question to even begin with. Uh, you know, we have advertisers from you know, launching their first campaign all the way to professional marketers listening to this podcast. And I thought it would be a really cool thing to do at the start of the show. And first even define and remind people what advertise reports, advertising reports are. Uh, we've talked about these on the show before, but really never really defined what they are and what their purpose is. So basically when you log into advertising.amazon.com and you're looking at your campaigns, you're basically looking at the campaign manager or the ad console. And you know, what does that mean? That is where you go, you, you can create new campaigns, create new keywords, targets, whatever. And if you think about it, when you're looking at a product ad inside campaign manager, there's a mountain of information that you just don't see that the user interface wouldn't be suitable to include all the extra information inside campaign manager. So what Amazon has done um, and what you know Google ads has done and uh, even Facebook ads did this at one point is they had another section inside their campaign manager to just download extra information. Um, so I sort of think of it as like everything that you look at in Amazon, you're really only looking at a minutia of what actually is underneath the surface. So if you think about it, when you look at a keyword click on a certain day or a keyword summary from the last 30 days, that one keyword or that one product ad has a, a mountain of information behind it. You know, the day that it happened, the day of the week, um, the exact date, the time of day, you know, what the page it was that it got displayed on, um, what kind of audience information the person clicked on it is part of. So there's so much information that we don't get access to in the normal campaign manager. They created the advertising reports to give you an opportunity to dig in a little deeper. Now, these reports can be in one of two formats. The first could be surface level. And what that means is uh, surface level, it's just sort of repeating information from the campaign manager, uh, or maybe it's adding one or two extra columns, you know, nothing too crazy, deep and insightful. You know, we don't get that big mountain of information, but you know, maybe we get a few extra rows. Then there's sort of deeper level reports. Uh, this is where it's, it's showing you many additional metrics you just can't get in normal campaign manager, many additional metrics that wouldn't make sense to put inside campaign manager to have it be a clean and concise uh, and smooth experience. Uh, you know, we talked about different kinds of reports uh, a few weeks ago 
We had our buddy Brent on the show, and we were talking about uh, different kinds of sponsored brand data that lets you compare your ads versus your competitor ads. Now, that might not make sense to view when you're inside Campaign Manager, but it does make sense to include somewhere, and Amazon has chosen to put it in these Excel downloadable reports, and you can just find these right in the top left. You click on the hamburger menu. You know about a hamburger menu? They should make the icon an actual hamburger. It's just the three lines. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you click that hamburger menu, you click on your reports, and then you can download them. I highly recommend uh, if you haven't done this, you go to that reports section, you prompt it to download it, and then you click repeat. You can have these reports recur so that you never lose any data. This is really the only way to not lose data. It's a very cumbersome process if you're not uh, using a, uh, you know, some kind of tool that allows you to store data for long periods of time. Um, but in short, this is the purpose of these advertising reports. Sponsored Display just released four new ones. They went from zero reports to four reports. We're going to break those down and talk about what kind of value there is behind these. Yeah. So typically when we talk about something like this on a, on a podcast or even if it was a blog post or whatever, you know, big takeaways uh, are kind of at the end, like a summary, uh, what people really should know about these reports. But it's the new year. Everyone's refreshed. Hopefully they're ready to hit the ground running. So I want to hear your big takeaways right at the start and then we'll break them down as we go. So you've had time to review all four reports. What are your biggest takeaways? Right, this is a really good question, Bobby. Why is, you know, you are, people are always waiting until the end of the show to get the info. Like the big, big fat takeaways. People are busy. New year. Got a lot of stuff to do. It's a good point. So my big takeaways are, first, you absolutely, positively, in order to get the most value from these reports, you need to name your campaigns clearly and concisely. I, I believe it was episode... Early, it was an early episode of this podcast where we talked about naming things. Um, your campaign names need to be named clearly, concisely, uh, because there's there's so many different kinds of sponsored display campaign targeting types, and you're going to want that information in the campaign title because you don't get that information in the reports. So if you have that in the title. Everywhere you navigate, you can see exactly where you need to go, exactly what you need to do, exactly what's inside so you can make better decisions. So this includes, you know, the generally it's the ASIN or the SKU that's inside of it, uh, or maybe a SKU family or like a product description. It's going to be the, you know, SD for sponsored display. Uh, you're going to have some kind of acronym for uh, audience targeting sponsored display versus product targeting sponsored display. Um, so... I would also go even further, uh, like when I'm thinking of the idealized best way to name sponsored display campaigns, we're going to have all that info, uh, maybe a target ACOS in there, as well as SD, audience, and then PP for product pages, KW for targeting people that are searching for similar keywords, product purchasers, you know, you're going to have it, that audience-based info in the campaign name, as well as if it's going to be a product targeting sponsored display too, you're going to want that info. And, you know, it's so valuable because some of these are going to be CPC-based campaigns. Some of these are going to be CPM-based campaigns. Uh, and both of these, you know, analyze data differently. So every single, there's no doubt about it, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure you feel the same, every single high-performing account that I log into from a marketer that is sharp, you go and look at their campaigns and everything is named. You know, it doesn't have to be the format that I like to use, uh, but everyone has thought about their campaign names 
And that is true universally in Amazon, Google ads and Facebook ads, would you say? Yeah, um, it's such a basic thing, but you got to get it down. You're only going to save yourself headaches down the road in the future. And, you know, you and I have both audited well, probably thousands of campaigns by this point. Um, nothing crushes my spirit a little more than when uh, I open up a campaign and I see ad set one uh, and then everything is nestled, nestled under that. So, yeah, get this down. Uh, you're doing yourself a huge favor. People will write in and be like, I just found the podcast. I named my campaigns and like they didn't do anything else. They just named the campaigns. They're like, holy crap, it's so much better to work <laughs> through these campaigns. Um, so, Absolutely. And, and this becomes even more important when you're looking at the sponsor display reports, because all of these nuances, you're not going to be able to get from the reports. So you need to shove those in your campaign and ad group names. And, you know, but back to the takeaway of the actual value of these reports, I would say that these reports the utility is low to medium. Uh, I highly suggest that everyone goes and downloads the four reports just to see for themselves. We're gonna describe them here. Um, but I would say the utility is a little bit low to medium because sponsored display is so varied. Basically four different targeting types. Uh, you have different products, different life cycles, all these different things. Uh, you have places where these ads appear. So I really do believe the biggest way to optimize sponsored display uh, or any display ad where you are creating an ad and then it's going out into the internet on Amazon and off of Amazon, those pages that it's displayed on, those different product pages, those different keywords that trigger it, those, all these different things that are triggering it are going to behave differently. Um, so anytime you have like, I mean, this is basic stuff. When you have a broad match keyword that you're, you're appearing for potentially hundreds of different searches, how do you optimize a broad match keyword? Well, you go and you look at what you appeared for and you trim the fat. You look at the trends of what you appeared for and you trim even more fat uh, because you only get data for things that actually got the click. But it, you, you can see what you appeared for, trim the fat, and that's where all the gold comes from, these extra reports. Uh, if you can even see more data, I wish we could see even more, but you'd go and you'd really just trim the fat. And unfortunately with, you know, sponsored display, you know, there's a sponsored display targeting type that lets you target people who are searching keywords similar to your product. And unfortunately, we did not get that data inside the sponsored display. So it's kind of tough to get lots of utility out of it. My biggest takeaway is, um, we've talked about this on the show before, is using a pivot table to view summarized data. So what I mean by that is, you know, we're going to get into a report that basically, uh, you know, tells you your targeting. So like what, what advertised product you are advertising. And if you have that product in a lot of different places, now what you can do with this, you know, sponsored display report, you can view that product's performance across the board, segmented out by each different targeting type to identify trends and to allow you to trim some fat or amplify some gold in that regard. So that's my biggest takeaway. We'll, we'll, we'll run through the rest of these four reports uh, relatively quickly, but, but that's the big takeaway. Should you use them? Yes, uh, I'd probably put this on like a twice a month or once a month cadence, you know, tw twice a month for maybe a larger account, once a month for a smaller account to view it. Uh, and I'm going to talk on this show uh, 
potentially identifying some trends uh, that I saw when I was working through them. But um, so there's there's definitely some goodness here, but the utility isn't going to be as big as like a keyword search term report from uh, sponsored products. Yeah, that's good stuff. And these, um, you know, they're, they're version ones, these reports. I'm sure that they will evolve over time and maybe hopefully become more useful and include more information. So getting familiar with them now will set you up for better success down the road. Um, and those were all great takeaways. And it may seem overwhelming uh, when you listen to kind of Mike run through all that stuff. Uh, but it's really not. You just break it down uh, as we talk about them. You know, download the report with us as we're talking about it. Um, we'll kind of give you our, our high level thoughts on them and then, you know, take it from there. Like you only got to do it once a month, maybe twice, like he was talking about. So, uh, just start to chip away at it. You'll learn as you go, uh, learn from kind of listening to us and you should be all set. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So let's dive into the actual four reports. Uh, the first new report is, uh, called the advertised product report. So why don't you go ahead and walk us through that first one? Yeah, this one's super straightforward. Uh, it's good that we're starting here because it really is, you know, described in the title. So it's a sponsored display advertised product report. Um, so really what all of this is, uh, this is, you know, earlier in the show, we talked about like uh, surface level metrics versus deeper level metrics. This is definitely a surface level metric report. Um, so all you really see is, you know, your campaign name, your ad group name, the SKU and the ASIN that you are advertising, basic metrics like impressions, click, click-through rate, spend, sales, ordered units, uh, ROAS, ACOS. Uh, they threw in conversion rate, which is really fun to see. I'd love conversion rate, but you don't really see conversion rate uh, in uh, many reports. So I'm stoked they threw that in, but that's it. So here's where naming the campaigns uh, can be helpful. So you can basically run analysis using a pivot table to, to, to view sort of similar things. You could filter this data. So you could say only show me ad groups that have the word, you know, uh, fish oil inside of them. Only show me, you know, that have black, what the word black watches inside of it. So that allow you to filter things down and view data, uh, quickly when you're inside Excel, um, running the pivot table on an ASIN can be super helpful. So if you wanted to answer a question, how much did I spend on, you know, ASIN A over this time period in my sponsored display campaigns and how much revenue did it generate inside my sponsored display campaigns? That information is a little hard to view, but with a pivot table, you can just download the report, open it up, uh, you know, inside Excel, you just go to data and, you know, create a pivot table, it just spits it out, you build your pivot table, and then all of a sudden you can start to view these summed up metrics. So that's why you would use it uh, if you're trying to analyze your individual product uh, performance across your sponsored display, this is where you would do it. Um, it's not 100% clear how Amazon is going to handle these searches and I'm, I'm sorry, it's not clear how they're gonna handle view through conversions as well as click-through conversions uh, because sponsored display does have both. Um, so I'm curious there on how they will sort of handle those. And for anyone that doesn't know, uh, definitely go back and listen to the podcast a, a few episodes ago that I did with our pal Brent because we talked about how different kinds of sponsored display is measured differently, um, meaning 
Sometimes you get view through conversions, meaning somebody just has to view the product. And then in other sponsored display, someone has to click on it and get the conversion. So it's not, an, it's not entirely clear how these things are, are listed. I believe they're, you know, fingers crossed. I think they're doing something where they're gonna like merge these or just change the way that this data is displayed. Uh, but it's not entirely clear how this plays out. Uh, it's also a little bit odd that they're CPM-based campaigns, meaning you're paying by the impressions, and others where you're paying by click, and that information isn't available here. It's almost like maybe somebody forgot to include it. So not, not super strong utility here, but uh, I think if you pivot table your products on this, uh, getting some data, like how much you spent on product A, product B, how much revenue it generated across all of your sponsored display campaigns, uh, and then if you use a pivot table, right. And I, you know, just, just play with the pivot table because Google sheets and Excel has a pivot table builder. Uh, if you play with both of those things, what will happen is you can say, okay, revenue generated by product a revenue generated by product B and then nested underneath that, what, uh, campaigns contributed to it. So you can do these cool little pie charts. Uh, you can do this cool little table showing you how the product performed across all your sponsored display, as well as what types of sponsored display are performing best for that product. And then continue to invest in the ones that do best and limit the ones that are lagging behind. Yep, so if you haven't uh, kind of identified the theme so far, it's pivot tables. Uh, if you haven't played with them, uh, there's a ton of how to's. Um, they're, they're pretty simple and very useful. So if you've never used a pivot table, now is the perfect time to jump into it. Oh yeah, this is a this is a great entry point to pivot tables because it's it's going to be so straightforward because you're going to be looking at it. You're like, okay, I advertise this product in like three different sponsor display campaigns. Uh, do I filter this data to see this combined? No, you would use a pivot table. Awesome, good stuff. All right, let's move right on to the second new report, uh, and it is simply called the campaign report. Uh, it sounds like a thriller movie. I don't know. Uh, how can advertisers use the campaign report? So the campaign report, uh, it's going to be another surface level report. The sponsor display campaign report, I'm looking at it right now, super surface level in the sense of this is literally just if you were to go inside the campaign manager or the ad console and just say, view my campaign type sponsor display, this is exactly it. Uh, you don't get any extra metrics, uh, significant ones that you can't just get inside the ad console. I mean, it's listing your campaign, the budget, impressions click, CTR, spend, cost per click, really basic stuff. Um, one little interesting tidbit uh, that I'll comment here is that it says clearly in the column header, it's telling you 14-day orders, 14-day total sales, 14-day conversion rate all of that stuff. If anyone's unfamiliar with that, um, basically, if somebody clicks on an ad on January 1st, but then they buy, they buy, actually end up buying the product on January 10th, where does that sale, where does that revenue end up getting attributed to? Well, when you download a report like this, it would be attributed in that 14-day window. Uh, and then it actually like sends it back to that January 1st when they clicked on it as a 14 day order. It's an order that happened within 14 days of clicking it. So what does that mean? 
you know, and this really is an aside, not so much about this report, uh, but it's just a reminder for people that don't know. If you look at your December data on January 1st, it might say, you know, $10,000 in sales. If you look at it again on February 1st, an entire month later, it might have changed from 10,000 in sales to maybe sometimes 5%, maybe sometimes in extreme cases, 20% more revenue. Uh, so this is a phenomenon of this time delay, this conversion lag. Um, it's a good reminder that they put this here. So people see this, they say, oh, you know, orders are happening on a delayed basis. I am always cautious to people, hey, don't make super big changes based off, you know, the last five days of data. You know, if your previous time periods were super healthy and then you're having like a bad few days, um, don't totally jump the gun just yet because Amazon not only has this time delay, but it's a little buggy too. Um, so it's definitely something to be aware of. I like how they display it here. I wish that they had seven day orders. I, I mean, I wish they had one day orders. Says that happened in one day, seven day, 14 day, 30 day orders so that you'd be able to compare and contrast. You know, do you have a and, and are you in an industry where there's a lot of delayed orders or do you have products that maybe are, do not have a lot of delayed orders? This would allow you to really look at your data and know for sure, hey, maybe I should wait until, you know, January 10th to or January 15th to evaluate uh, December as opposed to, hey, I rarely have any, uh, you know, 14 day orders. Most of mine are one day orders. So it'd be cool to have that data. Um, but in short, this is the sponsor display campaign report, fairly basic. Uh, again, a pivot table will be helpful here because you can draw a pivot table that says, you know, show me all the campaigns that have, you know, audiences, mm, search-based sponsor display, or show me all the campaigns that have audiences view remarketing in the campaign title. So if you have it in the campaign title, you can run a pivot table at this point and then compare all of your audiences based targeting uh, you can view your product targeting campaigns, your sponsored display ones. So it allow you to, to mix and match and group how you view these products, uh, these different targeting types of your sponsored display. So this one's fairly straightforward. Uh, there's and you know some takeaways there on how to get the most out of it. Yeah, I really like that you kind of brought that up as sort of like a, a side note about the 14-day window. Um, so even from a, a kind of straightforward basic report like this, it does get you thinking. Um, and, and it stresses patience. Uh, all too often we see advertisers, like you were talking about, want to make these big sweeping changes uh, when in reality, you know, even 5% to tw up to 20%, like you were saying in some cases, that can be a big deal to a lot of advertisers. So, uh, you know, it can be nerve wracking. Uh, it's a very personal thing. Um, but when in doubt, we always stress, stress patience when it comes to things like that. So definitely a good point to bring up for sure. Yeah, for sure. So next report. Uh, is the sponsor display target report. What do we need to know about that? So this one is very similar to a sponsored product targeting or sort of keyword report where it's showing you what you are bidding on. So again, another surface-based report. Um, you know, this would be like you're downloading a sponsored product report and you're looking at your keywords and it'll say, you know, I'm bidding on running shoes broad match and then it'll tell you the performance for that broad match keyword, it will not tell you the search terms that you actually ended up appearing for. So, you know, you're bidding on broad match running shoes, you could show it for men's running shoes and women's running shoes and so on and so forth, lots of variations. Um, this would only show you 
the root, the running shoes, not the things that you appeared for. Um, that being said, some of these, uh, it doesn't matter if that makes sense, because if you're targeting a competitor's ASIN, you know, that's similar to it's sort of like an exact match in that case. Uh, if you're doing sponsor display product targeting, uh, if you're doing sponsor display sort of views retargeting, sort of saying, you know, target products that are similar to to this or target this exact product, you're 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 missing out on on some of that data. So if you're targeting people that have searched products uh, re related to yours, uh, you're not going to be able to see those searches that they made. So again, some utility here. You know, it could show you insight into you know top performing and worst performing targets uh, in mass so one type of analysis that you should be doing uh, is really just hey because it's difficult to get inside amazon especially as you as you have you know over 20 sponsor display campaigns and you know you have 50 sponsor display campaigns and you're looking at that and you want to know what are the best things that I have, what are the worst things that I have? And so that you can go in there and basically trim the fat on some of these misbehaviors. This report will allow you to find those misbehaviors fast and quickly. So if you, know, if you're, if you have 100, 200, 500 targets uh, and it's split up among many, many different ad groups and many different campaigns, this report will list them all out for you in one place so that you can sort them, sift them, filter them, and take action on the things that uh, are not performing uh, as well as you'd like them to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think of the four that we've talked about or will talk about, um, this has sort of been my least favorite. Uh, it makes more sense the larger your account is, um, but especially, you know, if you're maybe just starting out, uh, you know, this one, not super useful, um, but still as time passes, it's good to be aware of it and maybe check in on it. Like you were saying once a month ish, mm -hmm. uh, good stuff. So the fourth report, the final report that they have rolled out for us is the sponsor display purchase product report. What do we got to know about this? And do you think it is useful? Yeah. So this one, basically shows you the SKU and the ASIN that you advertised. And then it shows you what was actually purchased, the purchase report. It's, it's saying you advertised this product, somebody bought either the same product or a different product. Meaning uh, in the report that I had, 25% uh, of the purchased ASINs were different than the advertised ASIN. So, Again, what this can start to clue you in on is, you know, hey, if, you know, this number is quite high, if you're finding it, you know, 50% of the people that actually buy a product, they're buying something different than the thing that they clicked on, that could clue you in to maybe, you know, what is, what is it that maybe they're not seeing that they didn't get? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't particularly matter in your industry as long as the A cost is good. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, sort of takeaways that you can get if people are buying something that they didn't from you that they didn't actually click on. Um, and the, the thing that's worth knowing here, this is the purchased product report. So you, it, this doesn't tell you, Hey, a lot of people clicked on the ad. Um, but then a whole bunch of people dropped off. So it's sort of showing it to you only in the positive light. It's saying, you know, yes, somebody clicked on this, but Hey, don't worry. They purchased something else. You don't really get the product ad data in this report. You get it in the in another one of these reports. But it'd be cool to see 
This is how many clicks your ASIN got. And this is like the, the purchase product matchup percentage. So when somebody clicks on this product, they're buying that product in a high percentage. Uh, at, or if you know somebody clicks on this product and it has a super low purchase product matchup, then that can maybe clue you in that says, you know, hey, there's something off here potentially. Now there's one thing that this report has that the other ones don't, and that is this concept of halo sales. Amazon loves to talk about halo sales. And then this basically means, uh, it's a little unclear um, if you were to go and you know search for information on this and ask 10 people, I bet you would get 10 slightly different answers on what a halo order is. Um, but basically a halo order is when somebody purchased something other than the thing that they clicked on. So this could include a product that you're not even advertising. Um, but if they click on a product that you are advertising, then they buy something else that would sort of count as a, as a halo sale. They're not clear on this. Like in a perfect world, it would tell me this led, like somebody that clicked on this ad eventually, you know, bought something potentially outside of an attribution window, potentially way later uh, outside an attribution window. Um, maybe they, because they clicked on this ad, you know, in January, they eventually bought something in March. You know, some kind of extreme brand halo brand lift. I'd love to see something like that. Uh, but here we have a 14 day brand halo sale uh, window. Just sort of, it's great because it's, it starts to clue you in as to, you know, the true impact of your ads. Uh, granted, it doesn't take us all the way there. I'd love to see that, you know, full brand lift metric, uh, some kind of coefficient that really lists it all out for me. Um, so this is, this is okay. I think the most important part of this is, you know, sort of seeing if the product you're advertising is the product that people are actually buying a lot. I think if you combine this data with your you know, advertised product report, you can then start to piece together, you know, hey, this product's conversion rate is very low because a lot of people are clicking on it. They're not buying it. They end up buying something else. You know, that can make you question, should I be advertising this product or the one that people are actually buying? And then you can compare the click-through rate of both of these and the conversion rate of both of these and help you really sculpt a campaign that really puts your best foot forward in the biggest way possible. Mm -hmm. So it almost sounds like uh, you wish they would have smushed some of these together instead of oh, uh, yeah. segmenting out to four. Yeah. You know, the other Michael on the PPC team here, we were just talking about putting out an episode which it talks about just that, you know, if you have a report A over here, report B over here, report C, I mean, let's say you have a sponsored product report and a sponsored display report and a sponsored brand report. And you, you know, what kind of analysis could you do if you were to combine these reports? You know, let's say you have organic data or internal data from somewhere else. What could you do if you started combining these things? Uh, so there's definitely some Excel skills, some spreadsheet skills that would come in that territory. Uh, and that might be a really good uh, sep separate episode that we could publish in the future because people that can analyze data really quickly and smoothly and, and know sort of the Excel uh, tricks or hacks or strategies, techniques to, in order to get there, uh, it's like they have a PPC superpower. So being able to analyze data, it, it's key. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's all really good information. 
you know, little left to be desired with each report. Um, but like mm -hmm. we were talking about, they may evolve uh, and, and give us more insight, kind of lumped together like you were talking about. Um, yeah, that's all good stuff. Yeah. You know, I think ultimately I'm a little unsatisfied. I think for me, like the, the biggest thing uh, would be something equivalent to a search term report where, hey, this is what you bid on. These are the placements where your sponsored display appeared. Would you like to trim some of these placements? Would you like to negative placement a few of these? That I think would be my ultimate dream. Uh, because you don't get that, there's definitely some analysis that you can get here faster than trying to piece it together in the campaign manager, uh, like some of those combined pivot table reports. So there's definitely some goodness, but I wouldn't say these are gonna become my absolute favorite reports uh, in the world just yet. And I think we've covered it all. Yeah, a lot to digest. Uh, you know, hopefully you were able to maybe download these uh, kind of live while we were talking about them and get a get kind of a, a grasp on what you're looking at, uh, what will work for you, uh, what information you can pull from them. And the uh, other thing too, um, I'm going to start doing something new when these episodes go live, and these episodes normally go live on Wednesdays. Uh, I'm going to start a thread inside of our Facebook group. Uh, to start talking about these, pull out extra insight. You know, sometimes it's crazy. Like sometimes, you know, this gets recorded and then it gets released like a week or so later and something has already changed. I definitely expect these sponsored display reports to continue to evolve, to continue to get better. Um, so it, it, it's possible. I mean, the episode that I did with uh, our friend Destiny a few weeks ago, we had we, one of our wish list items was sponsored display reports. And then the time, between the time that we recorded it and published it, there were sponsored display reports already published. When these things get, uh, when these podcasts get published, I'm gonna be jumping into the Facebook group, um, starting some threads, talking about it. Uh, so head on over to adbadger.com slash Facebook and be sure to tune in. Last question for you, Bobby. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, no. Uh, and I, I only say that because I've now moved. I'm one of those probably annoying people who think, why do you need to wait for a certain date to set a new goal? Mm -hmm. uh, so that was actually one of the things I worked on in, in 2020 while sitting at home cool. alone for so much time is, you know, you don't need to wait for something to make a change. So no, not big on the resolutions, not even really big on New Year's Eve. Uh, I like sleep. So staying up till midnight is not really appealing to me. Well, you heard, it, you heard it right there. I think that's, that's really good insight. How about we value sleep going into the new year? Oh, we stay well rested. Get that sleep score up. That sounds good to me. Yes, well, we'll have a good one, everybody. And I'll see you next time here on The Badger Den. Bye-bye, everybody.